My name is Laura Max Rose, and I have two girls and two very full hands. Parenting is one of the most intense, rewarding, and all-consuming adventures I've ever been on. And wherever you are in your journey, you're not alone. This podcast is where I ask all of my parenting questions and share the answers I find with you. We're all in this together, and I'm so glad you're here. Sit back, relax. You're listening to Look Ma No Hands. I'm back on the podcast with the one and only Megan Burkle of Willow Crowns, possibly the most highly requested guest I've ever had on this show. Megan, welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. Thank you so much for having me. I just started recording immediately when we reconnected because I don't think we've really spoken in like almost a year and I didn't want to waste a second of anything we caught up on for myself because I know everybody else wants to hear it. And um, I can't wait to hear how you've been. How's Dallas? Let's start with the fact that you moved about a year ago and you seem to be blowing and going already. How is living in Dallas, Texas? We absolutely love it. It was... Um... Gosh, we've been here almost 11 months. So yeah, it's been almost a year since we've had a chance to really sit down and talk and we just really love it here. It's just, it's one of those things that we weren't fully in the driver's seat. It felt like a lot of times with this transition in our lives and we were just kind of open to it and it turned out so amazing. Did you ever think you were going to leave Houston in the first place? No, I, I didn't. I, I never, you know, when we first moved there, my husband asked for two years. Really? Okay. He only, but where were you going to go after two years? We didn't know. Okay. We didn't know. And, um, he asked me to give it two years. And after two years, I was just really happy. I didn't feel the need to leave. And he was in a groove with his career and, you know, and then the pandemic happened and that was eight years into our time in Houston. And that kind of changed it all. It changed so much for so many people. I can't count how many people moved, had a career change. I would like to find one person whose life looks anywhere similar to what it did I before know. March of 2020, right? I know. Um, but we just were really open to the change and it's it's been the most incredible opportunity for my husband. And I'm really fortunate that a full year in, my kids are both really thriving and my business, you know, Willow Crowns, it, it looks very different. My role in it is very different than it was a year ago. And that has been a learning curve for me. The you know, the ladies back in Houston don't really seem to need me. They're doing amazing. Um, but it's been a real adjustment for me to work in this new kind of remote capacity. And I think almost a year in, I've finally figured that out. Well, I would say that the majority of the questions that I received about, you know, when I when I asked my audience what they want to know um, from you, it was really all about Willow Crowns, which was kind of surprising to me because in the past, it's been more about raising children and homekeeping and all this other stuff. But my, my questions are actually also mostly about little crowns too. So we must also be, we must all be on the same wavelength, but a lot of people wanting to know about how the transition has been and how your role has changed, um, and what it looks like, um, you know, moving a business into a new spot. So we can just start there. What does your role look like now? And is it kind of the dream to have your business outsourced <laughs> to other people? Cause I think that's what we all work for, right? It, it certainly feels that way. Sometimes, most of the time, it's a real dream. I think I have felt a little disconnected 
at times because I spent every day for seven years. Sorry, I'm on my laptop. If you hear that ding, it's just <laughs> real life. Messages okay. coming in. I'm sorry. Um, I spent every day packaging orders and physically pushing the product out the door with my own two hands and doing that so consistently. And now I don't do that at all. And my so my role is really more to design the collections. And over the past year, you know, we've really expanded our offerings. It's it's the handmade items that the women who work with us make, but we're also really moving into wholesale purchasing from other women-owned businesses so that people can support multiple businesses in a single checkout when they check out on our site. And so my job has really become design the collections, source the new items we're going to offer and promote them and do the marketing and do the social media. And that's really it. And all the fulfillment and all the production is done in Houston. And the ladies who are handling that do not need me. They are doing such an amazing, amazing job, much better than I ever was at it. That's amazing. I'm so proud of them. And I just feel so, so fortunate to have found the right people. Well, I was so blown away by this video that you shared recently. It was a reel where you talked about what your bows used to look like. You showed us what your bows used to look like, which yes. by the way, I mean, if I were to make a bow, they they wouldn't look as good as the ones from eight years ago. I think it was eight. What, was it a decade? It's bit, been eight years. Yeah. It's been so. eight years. Okay. Um, eight years ago, but, but how like they just transformed and now they're just this like totally curated, beautiful product, which they, they were beautiful before, but you've clearly really up leveled in the last eight years. And the only thing I was thinking of when I was watching that video was that it took the, it, that took eight years. And yeah. what a lot of people see, maybe if they, for, if they just started following you now is she built this business from home with her two children on her own and, and immediately overnight, this is what it looked like. Well, that's not true. And I think we lose that message from social media sometimes. And you put it right out there like, Hey, look where I started. And it's just seriously one day at a time. It, it really is. And it's, it's every single day. I would say that in the past eight years, there have been, I've never taken a day off. There are days okay. I certainly do less, but there is never a day where I'm not thinking about the business and in some capacity working on it. I mean, I could be on a beach vacation somewhere laying, you know, down on a chaise lounge and I would still probably be scrolling for fabric on my phone or thinking about how can we increase our Instagram engagement to reach more people. That well, that's because you really love it. I mean, that's, I like, that's the true passion, right? I do love my job. And it's it's been really wonderful that over the years, it's, it's about bows, but it's not really about bows. It's more about empowering women in entrepreneurship. Like that is my passion in life and encouraging women to not be afraid. I think, you know, we, as mothers, it can feel so intimidating to take on anything else. Our time Uh is stretched so thin already, but it has been really nice that through Willow Crowns, I've been able to reach so many people on social media and just say like, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're dreaming about to just go for it. So I love what you just said that you were never like, yes, you love bows. You're good at making them, but 
what you were really passionate about was helping these mother, these entrepreneurs who are also moms, helping them thrive, building their confidence, building their businesses. And I think where so many of us start out is maybe we're a stay-at-home mom or we're looking for what we really want to do. What do we want to be when we grow up? And we think about um, the bigger picture, which is kind of where you found yourself now eight years later. I want to help other women. Um, but the little things that we're good at don't seem like they can necessarily take us there or we're, we don't feel as passionate about those things. I love your that your story is, sure, yeah, I love bows, but like really – this is the bigger picture. This is what I've really always wanted to be doing. But you started with the thing that you were good at. Like oftentimes we don't, we don't sit down and we don't start a forum for women to help motivate them and encourage them. We start with something else that we're really good at. And that builds into the bigger dream that we have. And it's been so wonderful for me, you know, through this experience to realize that, you know, I made bows and I sold them. And then you know, they were popular, even though I look back on them and I, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at how, what they looked like. But <laughs> it was obviously popular enough to the point where we had to start bringing on other makers. And then they were doing it 10 times better than I was. And it was this, you know, not really a light bulb moment. I think we've been told pretty consistently, like to support other women and to, to, to build them up and not feel threatened. But it was like a real eye opener for me that I don't have to do everything. There are people who are better at certain things than me. And if I'm smart, I'm going to bring them on board and it's going to benefit my business. But also all of the women who work with Willow Crowns, they're all moms. We are all looking for something for ourselves. And I loved that I could get people on the team who made bows better than I did, which only helped the business grow, and they were getting something out of it as well. So let's talk about how you built this business as your children got older. You shared last night that, my goodness, how time flies. You used to have so yeah. much stress at bedtime, and I'm I'm currently there. It was just such a it was such a production, and now your your youngest is just turned five, correct? Yes. Okay, and um, your oldest is is nine. Yeah. So I've got, you know, next year, my youngest will be in kindergarten. I've got two grade school age children now. And what, what a difference. And and I got a lot of messages saying, well, it must, it's so nice to be on the other side and yes, but the other side is still hard. Right. I I think I always think bigger kids. It's a different kind of hard. It is bigger. Kids have bigger problems Mm -hmm. and you know, I may not be chasing toddlers or changing diapers, but now I'm dealing with emotional upheaval and, you know, studying and tests and all these things. It's a, there's more emotional weight in this phase of life and I'm still trying to run a business. And so I feel like throughout the past eight years, nothing has really remained constant other than I'm constantly having to adjust how we run this so that it drives with where my kids are in life. So as our children get older, they need less from us physically, but they do need more emotionally. The time constraint, I mean, we can, we can finally pee alone. We can finally do these. We finally right. have more autonomy, um, but we also have more of a mental load. And I think through the entire process, even when you've had like the really big physical load, you've still been able to run your business. And I think the question that I get the most often about you, the, the question people most often want to ask you is how, how did you do that? How did you start 
with, you know, your two children being so high, high maintenance, demanding physically as all children are when they're younger. And now you have, you know, bigger, bigger kids, bigger problems. Um, what is that? How do you balance that? What does that look like for you? So I, I feel bad, you know, people will often ask like, what is a cleaning schedule that I can follow (laughs) or what's the budget template that you, you know, these questions that I would love to provide a really concrete answer to, like, let me hand you this formula that's going to work for you. And what I've realized over time is that the best ability is adaptability and, Mm. Nothing is, I I can't give a one size fits all, but what I can say is that I have made a mental shift over the years and that has been the shift from feeling like, why do I have to do everything and changing that to, I am in charge. I am the CEO of this family and I'm going to run this family and this household the way I want to so that it supports me. I love that perspective. And I have to, I have to like infer here that that has to also have benefited your partnership, your relationship with your husband. It does because, you know, he's kind of the boss at work yeah, and I'm the boss at home. And that doesn't mean that his input, like we have 50, 50 input on everything, but I, he trusts that I know what's best for our family. And that has meant that over the years, I have tailored our life to work for us. You know, our family and your family and everyone else's families, they are living, breathing organisms that have their own rules and dynamics. And what works for you isn't going to necessarily work for me. And what works for you today might not work for you tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you're adaptable. To- the best ability is adaptability. It's I adaptability. just wrote that down. We have to be adaptable, but at the, you know, I won't leave it being that vague. What I will say is I've really embraced that shift over time. I am not an employee of my children. I am not their maid. I am not their chauffeur. I am the CEO of this house. And if the after-school activities are too many and they're dragging us down and they're stressing us out, I get to decide what we do for activities. I am not an employee of my children. I have to ask where you got that from. Um, I just said it. <laughs> oh my God. What an incredible, what an incredible revelation. I don't think I've ever been able to put words to it, but I will say that the the closer I've gotten towards that, the happier everybody in my house has been. And I love that you mentioned the extracurriculars because growing up, I was the most overscheduled. It was the, 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 the priority in my family was that for some reason I become part of the, the symphony, the opera and the, the you know, gymna- uh, the Olympic gymnastics team. I was sure. in every single, um, I was in every single activity and there was this sort of like nineties expectation that I was going to like excel in all of that. Sure. And, like, being the best was so important. There was no, like, we're doing this for fun. You know, I had to right. be an Olympic athlete and there was this constant pressure. And I was always moving from one thing to another, which is funny because when I had children, my inclination was to do the exact opposite, but I had a lot of guilt that my kids didn't learn to swim as quickly as I did as a kid. Or like, I I learned how to do all these things when I was very young and they aren't on the same trajectory because I'm not, I don't have the same priorities. So I've noticed as my oldest has gotten older, she's more, you know, available and excited for these extracurriculars. And as her mom, I've had multiple times this year where I've had to go in and say, listen, we're doing too much. 
I'm burnt out. Yeah. Um, this is miserable for me and I'm resentful. And we've got to go back to the drawing board because I wouldn't even be doing this much with my own, with my own self. It's true. And at the risk of it being an oversimplification, if if mom's not happy, nobody is. I I think it's that so true. one of our greatest responsibilities as a mother is to set the tone for our home. And my number one goal for our home is that it's a safe and calm and soothing place for the members of our family to spend their time. And when we do too much and what too much is looks different for everybody. That's why I say it's so important to put the blinders on and stop looking at what works for other people. I think we conflate the support of community with needing to do what other people do. Oh, and absolutely. There's yeah. such a difference. We it's it's great to ask your girlfriends like do you have potty training advice or how did you get your kids to sleep through the night? It's wonderful to have that support and to get those ideas. But we also have to, again, kind of go back to that. I'm the CEO of this family. And if this particular bit of advice doesn't work for us, or if this number of after-school activities feels just too much, even though other families might find it sustainable, we need to make a change and feel empowered as the CEO of that family to make that change because it really does have this very positive trickle down. Well, I think we learn at the beginning of our first child's life. I know this was my big lesson was that um, every parent is different, but every child is different. Every child has a different temperament. Mm-hmm. And what works for you know one mom as far as sleeping through the night goes or eating or meals or breastfeeding is not going to be what works for me. And I think that's a very hard earned lesson for a lot of us. And as our children get older, we can remember that that also applies to their schedules, to the way that Um, we run our house and what that looks like. And it's going to be different for different people. Some people are going to be able to handle or tolerate maybe a more packed schedule. And for other people, um, for me, everything where I live is is extremely far away from the other thing. So I'm going to be spending an enormous amount of time in my car if I'm doing all these things. So you really have to look at what looks for you. There can be a skincare product that works perfectly for the person you're following. And when you buy it, it makes you break out. It's the same thing, right? It's the same thing with parenting. It is. It, it's the same thing with parenting. It's the same thing with keeping a home. You know, I I actually really enjoy keeping our home, but if I hated it and I had the means to outsource it, why would I feel badly about doing that? And I think well, we are yeah, so yeah. hardwired to be like, oh my gosh, look at all the vacations those people take. I, w- I don't take that much time away from my kids. And it's like, we have to get away from that because- what benefits one family is different. And as long as the family is happy, that should be our priority. And yeah, absolutely. And I think that just gets lost so often. And so to bring it back around to like, how do we make Willow Crowns work? It is a non-negotiable part of my life. It is a huge part of my happiness and my identity. And when I am doing the things that feed my identity and feed my happiness. I am a mom who is less reactive. I am a spouse who is more patient. I am just better at the other roles in my life. And so I've really just given myself permission to ignore what other people are doing and say, this is what feels right. And this is what I see working for my family. I kind of think of it like, Chick-fil-A and Perry's Steakhouse. Like 
they're both restaurants, but and they might even be located on the same street. Mm-hmm. But Chick-fil-A doesn't care what Perry's business plan is. Amen. You know what I'm saying? But they both do well. Absolutely. But yeah. They're not peering over each other's shoulder like, well, you serve food and you're on the same street as me, so I should be doing what you're... No, they're two completely different entities, just like families are completely different entities. And we need to really look inward to what works for our unit. Well, I love that you're saying that because one of the other questions that I got most frequently about you is like, how do you do what you do without like a housekeeper? How do you do what you do without a nanny? And to have it come out of your mouth, like, you know what, if I felt like I needed one, I would have no shame in getting one. This is actually something that I really enjoy as opposed to this is something that I really loathe doing and I'm doing it because I think it earns me stripes and I try to do the same thing. I don't think martyrhood moves anyone in a family forward. And exactly, unfortunately, there are people who just don't have the choice. And so that's why I say there's no one size fits all here. You know, you as the CEO, I keep coming back to this, of your family, you might say, listen, I hate housework, but I also can't afford a housekeeper. What are the changes that I can make to make this more tolerable to me? Or what are the things that I really don't care about? And I need to like, maybe you don't care about cleaning your range every month or week. Yeah. Or I've watched you clean that range and I'm like, Oh mama, good for you. That's yeah, my range like, is going to be really not, dirty. If that's not important to you, <laughs> that's not something that's a priority for you. Why would you turn yourself? I love watching you out? clean yours though. It's like very <laughs> therapeutic for me. I'm like, I'm so glad that that's clean. And I love watching the process. It's like absolutely <laughs> soothing for me. I think it it's does amazing. a lot for me, but if it yeah. didn't, I wouldn't do it. I don't, there's so much that we have to do. Right. Why are we adding other things that we feel we have to do just because someone else is doing them? Exactly. Well, I love hearing that you really enjoy all of these things that are part of your day. And that's why that you, that's why you share them. And I, and I, I, I got a question saying like, do you ever take a, um, do you ever have an off day? And when I read it the first time, I thought this person means, do you ever take the day off? And then I think what she actually meant was, do you ever just feel off? Oh yes. Um, right. So you can answer both questions if you want to. And and how do you, what does that look like for you? So in terms of taking a day off, that is something I really struggle with. (laughs) I'm sure it would be beneficial. Um, (laughs) I just have not strengthened that particular, like the relaxing skill is not one that I come by naturally. And I absolutely have off days. And I always tell people like, if you don't see my face on Instagram, that's probably a pretty good clue. Um, that I'm that's something's going on here for me a hundred percent. And it's just, I'm not going to force myself to do a full face and put my face on Instagram. If I'm just not feeling it, if it starts to feel not fun and I want it to be. So I feel like I see your face pretty often. So I would have to really search for the times where I don't. Do you feel like you feel pretty good most of the time? Um, a lot of the time I do. But there are definitely times that I just struggle to get it going. And if anything throws you under, if anything like, you know, your day gets off to a bad start, what's what's that thing going to be? What's the thing that's going to like make it the hardest? I'm going to say not sleeping well. I, I If um, I'm well yeah. rested, I feel pretty up to tackle the day. Um, the other thing that might 
really dragged me down is like being worried about one of my children. Like if one of them I was is just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. If one of them isn't feeling well, or if one of them yeah. comes home and says someone's being mean to them at school, like those are the things that are like being tired or worried about my kids. Those are the things that are going to really drag me down. Those are the things that I, you know, when your kids, this is again, like one of the harder things about having kids that are a little bit older, they're gone from you so much. And it's like, I simultaneously want the space, but I also want to be there to make sure that all these parts of their lives go smoothly, even though I know that's not always to their benefit. And so to leave them in the hands of other people when I know they're having a hard day or something like that, that's really difficult for me. Oh man. I mean, I had a pretty large thing going on in my life, maybe like a few months ago that was very difficult to navigate and it was taking up most of my brain space. And I had one day at school where my daughter had a rough day and she was really struggling. And, um, I said to my therapist, it's unbelievable to me that this one day was so much harder for me than the rest of this entire month has been because, I just, it's like when something's wrong, when she's not happy, you know, when one of my kids isn't happy, I can't help but prove that saying, right. That like, you're only as happy as your least happy kid. I I really, I hate to say it, but like in a lot of ways for me, it's true. I mean, when one of them is struggling, that's when I'm, that's when I'm having the hardest time or probably in hiding myself. It really is so difficult. It is, I find it very consuming when yeah. one of my kids is not, uh, you know, a hundred percent and that's the struggle. I, and, and again, you know, as they get older, their problems get bigger and I had, you, we remember being their age when they get older, survived, you know, <laughs> we did, we survived, but we remember the feeling of having a friend, like not include us in a sleepover and the palpability of that. And just desperately wanting our child not to experience that, but knowing it's part of the journey. I mean, I'll give you an example, even, you know, Olivia had my older daughter, she had a math test today and she was so anxious about it that she was up until three o'clock this morning. Oh. And I had to send her off to school on three hours of sleep. And, yeah, and you remember and that. Tell feeling. her, you know, just get through your math test. And if you need to come home, I will come get you. And when she was up until three in the morning, what was she doing? Was she in your room or was she oh, like, yeah, just, she was in oh, room. <laughs> hanging out, huh? Oh my God. And so I am inevitably later today going to be feeling really tired. So if you see me disappear off Instagram this afternoon, that's, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. I'm exhausted, but that's okay too. It's okay for me to be like, you know what? I am as the CEO of this family, I'm making an executive decision that we are ordering dinner tonight because I'm exhausted. Oh, and I love that. Yes. I'm going to do what I need to do so that I can still be emotionally available to my kids this afternoon and be available to hear all about my husband and his day and get us all geared up to do it all over again tomorrow. So I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I keep thinking about, um, I'm going on this, I'm, I'm switching gears a little bit here. I'm going on this flight, um, in a couple of days to Los Angeles with my two kids. It's been a while since I've been on a plane with them. So I actually went back to one of your travel highlights and, um, I'm going to copy completely the snack box that you made out of the jewelry, the jewelry box guys, yes. if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go on the travel highlight on the Willow crowns, um, Instagram page. This is like an unbelievable guide to traveling with children. Um, so it just brings up for me as I was going through it last night, just how profoundly organized you really are. My, 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 my first question is 
from where did you get that? I mean, I think a lot of people kind of want to know, like, did your mom teach you how to run your life? Like who taught you? And secondly, um, what does that, what, what does that give you? Like, do you feel like just when you're more organized, does it feel like you have like control of your life and it's easier for you to function? I mean, there has to be like a huge payoff obviously for being that organized. It feels like just life is smoother. And I think back the very first time we ever spoke we talked about protecting your emotional bandwidth and being organized. There's going to be so many parts of your day that you cannot control. You know, I can't control whether or not I get a call from the school nurse this afternoon saying my child is too tired to stay at school and that I need to adjust my plans for the rest of the day to go get her and bring her home. But I can control a lot of other things. And that frees me up to be emotionally available for the things that I cannot control and handle those better. So that's what, to answer the second half first, that's what being organized gives me. It just leaves me emotionally more available for the stuff that I can't control. And I developed this as a result of being a very high anxiety child. Amen. Okay. So this wasn't like mom was extremely organized and said, Megan, this is how you're going to be. No, um, my dad is very organized, I will say. And he, I, I think of him a lot when I do certain things around my home, like just the way things are laid out. That is very reminiscent of my dad, but it just, I realized from a really early age and probably through a lot of therapy as a child and as a young adult that I, I'm going to do better. My life is going to just feel better if I can be organized. I do not like being thrown for a curve, but I have to be prepared for that. So let's handle all the other things. And that way, like, so here's the snack box, you know, just to reference this. Yes, I want to know where you got the snack box. So I, That's where I'm getting. I just was thinking like, okay, I want to feed my kids, but I don't want to be digging around the bottom of a bag for like loose granola bars that are going to get crushed. We need to put them in a box of some kind. Okay. So that's how we start. And Uh it's, it's one of those things where that part of traveling is now so easy. Like snacks, got it done. I've got all your favorites. It's going to keep you happy. Now I can be prepared for a flight that gets delayed or- You know, I've had kids pee through diapers onto my lap and and be like, okay, well, how are we going to handle this? And the secret is to always pack a change of clothes for your kids, for yourself, and then put a giant trash bag in your carry-on for all your wet things. But amen. This is- I love that. You know, there's just so much stuff that's going to happen in life that we have to kind of go with the flow on. So to handle the other things- makes such Not a being covered in pee while we do it makes it I like mean, it easier. Makes it easier. I mean, I have had kids have blowout diapers on flights. I have had kids pee on me. Um, I've had kids spit up on me. I have had my oldest daughter when she was like a toddler, we got to Logan Airport in Boston and I kid you not, she pulled her diaper to the side and peed all over the floor of baggage claim. Like no way. This stuff just happens. And this has taught you more about really being, I mean, honestly, I think your flight preparation thing could be like a, 
like a guide that people paid for. I mean, seriously, I was going through, it, it was just like phenomenal. And I was thinking like, this isn't the first time I've traveled since following you, obviously. And there, are, this is just one thing I'm adding is the snack box. Um, but the, the double backpacks, the way that they're packed, I've already done all that. And like, how many things in my day do I get from you? Like truly, I mean, there's so, how I follow like so many people on Instagram and I follow influencers who have like a million followers, although way fewer than I used to, because I sort of feel like, and this is the thing that I was going to bring up. I sort of feel like all of them are so now heavily sponsored by other brands that I really have no idea what they actually like and are recommending to me because sure. everything's sponsored. Um, so I've kind of lost interest. I miss like the days where like, no, you're actually using that concealer and it looks good. And like, you're going to tell me what it is, even though nobody's paying you to tell, to tell me. <laughs> um, and I feel like <laughs> following you, you're kind of one of those rare, you're that rare gem where like, wait, this is actually something that works for you. And nobody paid you to tell me that you're going to get paid if I buy it, which I'm really happy about. But there's not like any other outside influence and it's actually something you came up with. And the fact that you come up with these things on your own is A, so refreshing and also so approachable because, you know, you're a mom just like me and I can do that too. Well, I think so much of just, there is this huge shift, I think, that happens after like the first four years of parenthood. Like you get through the messier stuff and then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I got this. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Just, a lot of it is like trial and error. A lot of it is just figuring out what did and didn't work. And like we said at the beginning, just because something worked for my kids doesn't mean that it'll work for your kids, but it's worth a shot. Well, let's talk about outside influences and how you are able to filter, how, how you're able to filter out that influence, those influences to a degree while being one yourself. I've noticed because I, I am a mom myself and I catch these things, um, the references to like, you know, screen time, you said recently, you know, we don't, I don't really stress about it anymore. And you only said it very briefly, but it was so refreshing for me because that's absolutely my take. And, and that's what my take has grown into in the last year. Um, and it's like the, the stress about it and kind of keeping us within these, like this number of time that we're allowed to have it per day was turning me into an actual monster. And it was taking over my entire life. It was all I thought about was how much have we watched it today? And I, if I, if I watch this little, then I'm a good mom. And if I watch more right. than this, I'm a bad one. And it was awful. And I thought, I'm just done with this. I'm absolutely done. And I actually, one of the things that helped me the most was my best friend growing up. I remember she had the happiest home. I loved being there. TV was never off. It was always on. Kids weren't really paying attention to it most of the time, but like she seems great. Everything seems fine I with mean, her. My TV is on right now. Um, it's kind of a funny situation. One of my very best friends went to Mexico uh -huh. for a girl's weekend and she was supposed to come back last night and her flight got canceled. Oh no. And so she's coming home tonight, but I actually have her youngest daughter today. And so I kept Isabel home so she would have some company. And I don't know what you guys think if you think they aren't watching Frozen right now. Oh, of course. Like 100% like are watching Frozen and later we'll color and we'll do kinetic sand and we'll, you know, do a craft and we'll do the fun things. But I really didn't want to reschedule this and it's, I really enjoy our conversations. And I just told the girls, like, if you need me, you can come get me. I told Miss Laura that I might be interrupted. Just don't yell for me. Just come find me. And they're doing great. They're watching a movie and we're going to have a great day, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fraction of the day and it's going to allow me to be a lot more fun for them this afternoon by taking this one hour 
And they're going to have the best time ever. I mean, how many great memories great do you have, like missing school and getting to watch Frozen? It's it's going to be great. It's I, it's the best day ever for them. So I don't stress about the screens, and I don't. I really don't. I think part of why I can tune out a lot of external influences is because I have fr- really great friends who don't care what other people think, and that's influenced you. And that has actually been an influence on me. It's so. When you start spending time with people who just don't care what other people think and you still find them to be like great women, great moms, it's just like, oh, well, I could do that too. And my husband has always been that way. He's like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I I have to say this because you're, you're reminding me of it. Um, I had a child therapist tell me that, so this is somebody who works with children that that sort of like neuroticism that a lot of us have, that we maybe aren't doing the right thing or that we aren't good enough as parents, that like not getting that in check, if you will, um, that causes like so many of the problems that we later move on as parents to try to address like low self-esteem or self-confidence Yeah, um, because they're watching somebody doubt themselves. Right. And I don't say this to make it, you know, even scarier. Um, I'm actually trying to do the opposite. So I hope that's not my effect. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm like hearing these words come out of my mouth. No, I'm like, I, oh, I, it's landing so well. I, it land, It's landing perfectly for me. And I think you're right. When you have a parent that is confident I think as a child, that's very comforting. Yeah. Like whatever it is that the rules are here, I'm confident about them. If yes, I'm going to let you watch TV like half of this day because it's Sunday and I'm tired, I'm going to feel really good about that decision because I'm taking care of myself and I'm sick and this is what we're going to do today. And when you grow up and you have a day where you can't move because you don't feel well, guess what? You're not going to feel bad about giving yourself the day off because I showed you that that was okay. It, it is okay. And I think it also kind of circles back to, to like, we are not the employees of our children. Like it is very okay to tell your children they have to wait or yes. that you're not available right now. Like I, I get a lot of messages on Saturdays and Sundays. My husband and I stay in bed. We have older kids now that can grab a yogurt out of the fridge and go turn on a show. Oh, we're going to oh stay in bed. We're going <laughs> to drink our coffee and talk and scroll our Amazing. phones. And yes. all and I can get think to see of that. is when I was a kid on Saturday you know? mornings, I used to watch Saturday did morning I cartoons. You? Megan, I lost and you. I can't my husband did too. And we we're both like high functioning, mm-hmm. successful adults. It clearly on, like the little chat didn't see. traumatize Hi. us. And I think of it, yeah, maybe if you don't love TV, but that's what keeps your kids occupied. Look at it as this is teaching your children to respect your time. Because my time isn't default their time. So we stay in bed on Saturday mornings um, and Sunday mornings because our kids are a little older and we can drink coffee and talk to each other and they can go grab something out of the fridge and turn on the TV. And I don't- Is that just a dream? Like what does that feel like? It's amazing. (laughs) And it's taken us almost 10 years to get here. So I'm really savoring it. But I don't ever feel like, oh, we're using the TV as a babysitter. I think another way to reframe it is I'm teaching my children that my time can be my time. And how to entertain them. So like- how to take care of themselves while that's happening and entertain yourself a little bit. It is, I I think we get so stuck sometimes on feeling like we need to provide entertainment for our children 
all the time or that we are at their beck and call. And it's, it's just not that way. I, I don't bounce out of bed on Saturday the second they wake up. That's, yeah. that's my time. I am available to make sure Monday through Friday that they get to school on time, that they have everything they need. They get to all their activities on time. The weekends are for me. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that Instagram has created as far as the mommy wars and the comparison that we have with other mothers is that we only, I mean, I'm, I'm going to share with you when I have a really great craft idea for my kids, right? But I'm not going to share with you when we're just all hanging out doing nothing. So there's this idea that other people are entertaining their children 24 seven and a, they're not probably B if they are, I mean, I've tried that and it was horrible and C, um, <laughs> it was really not a fun phase of my life. Um, just sort of this belief that I had, particularly when my kids were like really, really, really young, that that was the right way to be doing things. Um, and I was really miserable and see, um, when we do stop and like take a step back and take care of ourselves, we're really teaching them so much more. Um, and that relationship that you and your husband have with each other, where you're in coffee in bed in the morning, like that's, I think one of the best gifts you can give your kids. I agree. I think this idea that we want as mothers to show our children how to be confident, how to take care of themselves and take pride in what they do, that requires letting them do their own thing sometimes because they're, we cannot do it all. No, we absolutely can. And what is it like having a nine-year-old? I mean, I have, I have, I can fathom the five-year-old who can get dressed and help us up in the morning, but the nine-year-old, I have no concept. It's a little wild. I mean, we're definitely in this like very early preteen stage, you know, very, very strong opinions about clothing and big emotions, but it's also really cool. I, she is so awesome and fun. She's like my little friend, you know, and that's actually one of the things that makes it hard, you know, when we have to do discipline, cause you're not really supposed to be your kid's friend. You're supposed to be their mom. And I'm like, I just want to be your friend. You're like the coolest kid I've ever known. You have such an amazing little heart and personality. And I just want to pick your brain all day long. Um, it's you can really see them neat. growing into becoming your friend, becoming like this person. Oh my gosh. Real- yes. And yeah. it's, it, it really makes it easier in some ways because, you know, I, I talk a lot about this parenting book I love, which is called Parenting with Love and Logic. And it talks about so that book because you recommended it. <laughs> and it I just, read it occasionally. It talks about how everything we do for our children should be rooted in love, like even discipline. It's because we love them. And it's so hard when they're little, little kids to make them understand. I'm doing this thing you absolutely hate that feels abhorrent to you because I love you. And when you have an older child, she still doesn't like it, but she gets it. She understands it. She understands. She understands that being a child, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but being a child is practice for being an adult. It's not supposed to be this endless free ride. No. It's not. And it's both. It has both components. It's it joyful. And, There's blissful she, moments where you don't have that responsibility, but you're also learning about what you're going to have she, to do later. She understands like she needs to put her laundry away because someday she's going to have to do all her own laundry and she needs to get this skill of folding and putting my laundry down because she's going to yes. be a grown up someday. And that's been really neat. That's been really neat about having an older child. And that's another thing too. They can do stuff. 
you know, people are like, well, how yeah. do you do it all? I'm like, like, don't, I you don't yeah. do it all. As my kids have gotten, you used to say that all the time that like, you know, people would ask you when you were cleaning your house on a Sunday, like one of the most common questions I think you would get that you were fielding was how are you doing all this? Like, what are your kids doing? Like, who's watching your kid? Like, what are they doing right now? How are they okay with you just like taking the day to clean yeah, your house? They're around. And you were like, they're around and um, they are actually really good at entertaining themselves. And now I have, you know, an almost three-year-old and a five-year-old and like they play downstairs like with each other like almost all day long on, on a Sunday. I mean, I if have we, like rare moments of intervention, but that's about we it. we let kids play and we let them work it out. Yes. They can. And yes, that is a huge try. thing. Letting them work it out, by the way, not it's intervening. It's really hard to do. It's really hard, really to, do hard to do for me. But, you know, also too, my five-year-old loves to Swiffer. You know, oh, if, if I'm amazing. cleaning, she'll say, you know, can I have the, the duster? And I'm like, absolutely. She actually trashed my vacuum this Oh my God. I was mopping and I had my little, little green Bissell vacuum plugged in nearby and she uh, wanted to help. So she turned on the vacuum. Well, she dropped the hose right in the bucket of water. Oh, no way. Is it broken? Is it gone forever? Oh, yeah. It's fried. We had oh, to my order God. one. It drank up all that mop. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You know what? It's fine. She was trying to help. She yeah. likes to help clean. Yeah. It's part of yeah. learning. So She's there for your around. little assistant. They're yeah. around. And I I finally understand now because I think when you were first sharing those videos of your Sunday cleaning schedule or or maybe it was Saturday at the time, um, my kids were way too young to be like unsupervised for right. really any period of time. And like now I'm like, oh, okay, this is really starting to make sense to me. So I, yeah. I think we have to always bear in mind too, like when we're watching people. Yes. Just because it works for someone else, it's and I've, I've gotten, you know, messages from time to time saying like, I don't think you are portraying a reasonable life for a lot of people. And I can't disagree with that. For a lot of people, maybe it just isn't realistic, but we also have to stop putting that on other people. It is nobody's job or responsibility to provide coaching that works for everybody's life. No, it is not your job to make a, to portray a reality that feels realistic to somebody else, just as it's not, you know, her job to take on what you're doing and um, feel like it's the only way if it's not going right. to work for her. I think that is the biggest thing about Instagram and like kind of the culture that we live in right now is I think a lot of people maybe in your position feel a sort of responsibility to make what they do palatable for everybody. And if we do that, we're going to lose culture. We're going to lose influence, like positive influence. Yes. I mean, what you're doing is helping me in a lot of ways. A lot of what you're, some of what you're doing, I can't do. And that's okay. Yes. And I can accept that about myself. Um, and, and, and that's my job. That's not your job. Well, that's just it. It's our job to be self-aware and to, and if you're not confident enough to make that assessment and be okay with what you can and can't take on, then that to me has always been my indicator. Like I need to work on this. This yes, is something this is for me to work I on. I need to work on. Right. And I think that the, where we're going right now is if someone is hurt, it's the job of the creator to adjust so that that person doesn't experience that feeling anymore. Um, and that like, listen, I mean, there, there's time and place for that, obviously. Um, but it even goes into something as simple as sharing your cleaning schedule. It really does. And I think we would be, we would benefit so tremendously if we were able to really successfully filter all of 
the noise that we take in. My husband always talks about filtering. He's like, you know, I get hit with stuff all day long. He's like, I take what I like and I ignore what I don't like. I, if it does, if it's not relevant to me, if it's not something I need to do to perform better at my job or whatever it is, he's like, I just don't take that on. And I always like kind of really admire, it's something I have to work a little bit harder at. It comes very naturally to him. And I really love that. I think, you know, there's so much we can take from a lot of different people and implement into our lives to make it smoother, more organized, whatever. But we also really need to hone that ability to filter and be okay with letting go of the things that do not make sense for our lives. Well, let's talk about filtering for a second and how you manage social media, because you've talked in several episodes in the past about screen time and like what you allot yourself and and how you, I mean, I think if any of us spends all day on our phones, we're going to be infiltrated mentally by things that maybe we don't want to be infiltrated by. So how do you navigate that? What does that look like for you? I really try, I, I do keep an eye on my time on Instagram. I try to keep it an hour a day. That's an, I mean, I, again, you've told me that before and I still, I've gotten, I'm like, that has to have changed by now. It's, um, it's an hour a day. It's, it's not a lot. And there are times where it's two, you know, like it's, it's one but, of so, those. But what you're saying is like, when you're on it, you're pretty much, you're using it like proactively. You're not I, sitting there scrolling. That's really it. I do not do a lot of scrolling. I don't consume a lot of social media. I produce a lot, uh, but I don't. I don't look at a lot of other things on social media. I I will put my own content out there. I do find myself having to watch reels to get ideas to, for reels because that's where Instagram is going now. Yeah. But I I don't like I'm not somebody who has a favorite blogger that I follow religiously or that kind of thing and I think probably my life is just busy. I do do a lot of things during my waking hours. Yes. I think, okay, so this is so good that you're saying this because I don't think it would be possible to do everything that you do if you were on your phone all the time. But since most of us know you through our phone, there can be an assumption that you're doing both. And that's not true. You it, are very particular about how much time you spend on social media. I really media. try to keep it limited to what can I learn from social media in terms of strategies that I can apply in my own business, you know, keeping up with the occasional friend on social media, but in general, my friends and I, we text, you know, I don't have to be on social media to know what's going on with them. I love that. Oh, that's wonderful. It's so nice to live in real time. Yeah. That way. Uh, And it's another gift that having older children has allowed me. I have more time for those friendships. It's something I did not have a lot of when my children were really young. And now I'm able to like, Hey, you know, both our kids are in preschool on Thursday mornings. Like, do you want to go get breakfast? And that is such a better use of my time than scrolling on Instagram endlessly. And if you just, if you're sitting there scrolling one day, like check in with yourself after about five minutes and ask yourself how you feel versus how you felt five minutes prior. It's kind of an amazing thing to do because the anxiety, even if you're not looking for it, um, just from sitting there when you are mindlessly scrolling goes up and, um, we don't even realize how long we've been on it. I mean, I think all of us can relate to that. 
Um, I actually lost my phone like recently. And I, because I live in the middle of nowhere, um, it took me about two weeks to acquire another one. So I was like the only living human being who in the year 2022 did not have a phone for two entire (laughs) weeks. Like I had no, and it's so funny because I was actually blissfully happy in the, in the beginning I was extremely anxious. And in the end, I was very anxious to get my phone back. But in the middle, I was like, just thrilled. And, um, the only thing about it that was so difficult was that we really do need our phones for like a lot. Like I couldn't log into my bank. I couldn't do anything because I had to prove I was myself by having my phone. Um, so we really do like live in a world where we're dependent on smartphones, but there's been a lot of research that shows that, you know, the smartphone was actually the last big invention that changed our society. And prior to that, there were big inventions like that, that were changing society that were happening way more frequently. And the reason for that is that the smartphone itself really decreases our creativity because we're always on it, right? So you have all these amazing ideas, right? Like the snack box and all of this other stuff that you share with us all the time. So it's so refreshing to hear, hey, I've got those ideas because I actually really have a lot of control over how much time I spend on my phone. And my hope is that, you know... I've always kind of like gone back and forth. Like, do I share personal things on this business account? You know, does it confuse people that they're here for hair accessories? And then all of a sudden she's talking about mopping. Oh, I love it. Is that confusing for people? But my, my hope is that, you know, I, like I said, my passion is we sell bows. That happens to be what we sell. And it, I do love being successful at it. That is just this honest truth. I, I really enjoy that, but I don't want to pe- people to feel like all we have to offer is trying to convince them to purchase something from us. I really, my passion is helping women feel like they are thriving in their life. And if I can share any little tidbit of information that makes your day easier, if you can find one thing that does help you, then that's been a positive use of your time on social media. You're not just feeling like I'm trying to get you to buy something, but it's actually adding something to your life. And so that's why I've always ended up retaining that personal aspect of the social media content. Well, when I think about buying a bow from you, I think about so much more. I've learned how to do hair from watching your videos. <laughs> I, Literally, I had no idea. And now my hair probably looks like your children. I mean, it's not as, as well done, but like the hairstyles are the same as your children's hairstyles because those are the videos <laughs> that I've used um, and the same products. And it's it's so much more than a bow. And and it's it's the whole like culture and the person behind it, which I just, who I just absolutely adore. And before I lose you, you, since I have you for only a few more minutes, um, I have learned so many little tidbits and things that I think about all the time that just change the way um, I live out all of my days, whether it's waking up before my children, which I do as frequently as I can, or um, the products that I use. So what are maybe three things that you do on a daily basis that you feel like make your life easier that you would want to share? So the first thing is absolutely getting up before my children. Okay. And people, people are always like, I just can't do it. And I'm like, but you can, but I don't have a a tip for you, like how to make it happen. You just have to wake up when your alarm goes off. Like you have to put your alarm on the other side of the bedroom. That's what I do. But once you do it a few times, it will not be hard to replicate because you're going to love that calm, peaceful time that you get before you start feeling like an employee of your children for the rest of the day. <laughs> right. It's the thing that I, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to oh, miss it's that time. Just, it's so centering. You know, I, um, my therapist has encouraged me to start journaling and I really enjoy doing that in the morning. I will do some yoga. Sometimes I'm not as consistent as I used to be, but I used to be religious about yoga every single morning before my kids got up. But whatever it looks like for you, taking that time, it helps me recenter. 
that thinking of I'm the CEO of this family. I am carving out this time for myself so that I can run this ship the best yeah. way that I can. Yes, that's absolutely. The first thing, and it's, I would say it is the most important thing. I don't miss that. I never let that pass me by. The second thing, I really try to lean into the little pleasures of life. I don't think you have to have a huge home or expensive clothing or, you know, a weekly massage scheduled to feel like you're luxuriating in the little things life has to offer. I mean, buy the coffee you really like, you know? I love that. Yeah. Get get yourself, like I do this thing where if I'm going to take a shower in the morning, I throw these, a scoop of bath salts on the floor of my shower and it makes my whole bathroom smell like spearmint and it feels like I'm in a spa. Like there are so many little things in the day that can feel like little luxuries. And if we continue to indulge them, it really has a positive um, accumulation for me. Oh my God, I'm going to go get some spearmint bath salts when I get off this. <laughs> it really is such a, like my husband will come in. He's like, man, it smells good in here. <laughs> are those the Dr. Teal's spearmint? Yes, is they are. Oh, that stuff does smell. Like the Dr. Teal's scents often don't really match what they say they are, but whatever they are is They're just good. unbelievable. Yes. Well, that's the second thing. And then the third thing I would say is if you, If I am ever struggling through life, it's probably because I'm taking in too much external stuff. Mm. It is really okay to turn inward and say, I'm just going to think about how everything I do feels. Does this feel good? And that sometimes means I don't reply to text messages. Um, Sometimes people text me. And that's okay. Like, I know that I have friends that, don't text me back for a few days. And that's like my cue. Like they're, they're working on them right now. Yeah. And I feel that way sometimes. Like sometimes I just cannot. And giving yourself permission to do what feels right. And again, this is not some pie in the sky thing where I'm just a mom who's home with full-time childcare and my husband works. So of course my life is easy. This is something that anybody can do. Follow what feels right to you. Even if it's like, you know what? I was going to go for a run this morning and I just don't want to. I want to take the extra 20 minutes to journal. I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Feel out what's right for you in the, in the day and in the moment because it's going to change. It's going to be different. It's going to always be different. And no matter where you are in life or how old your kids are, or what you're going through. These are things that we can do. And it does give us that. It helps us make that shift to being in charge instead of having to do everything for everybody all the time. Oh, Megan, it was such an honor to get to chat with you again. I really <laughs> have. I've gotten to, since it's been so long, I've gotten to reflect on how much I really have learned just from being a follower of yours on Instagram and being your friend. And, and honestly, the list is pretty endless and I'm so grateful. Oh. Well, I am so happy to talk to you and I'm so excited for our our next catch up. I hope that um, we'll get to chat again before you have this new baby. Oh, yes. Me too. We we, we better. I'm I'm back on again. So I hope that that is the I hope that is the case. I'm never more productive than I am in my second trimester. So my joke is I'm just gonna have to keep getting pregnant. Um so we'll we'll see. But um, but thank you again for joining me and thank you all for joining me for this episode of Look Ma No Hands. You can find me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose, and you can always find all of our old episodes at lauramaxrose.com. I look forward to joining you again next time. 
I hope you liked that last episode of Look Ma No Hands. Feel free to take a screenshot, share it with a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can hear it. If you want all the Look Ma No Hands updates, follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Froze. I look forward to joining you again next time.